Okay, so Simone, I was going to start today's show by giving you static about, uh, you were talking about how you still haven't played Persona because you're playing Overwatch, but then Christina Warren, Christina Warren, Christina, you tweeted a picture today of something that we're going to have to, I I feel, <laughs> I, I feel like you're setting a bad I am. example for, I'm the worst for person. Simone. Simone is very young and impressionable, I'm and you're, you're not person. teaching her to respect herself. I'm the with worst your person today. I love I'm the this worst topic. person. This I'm makes the worst glad. person. Yes. Okay. You've got to please, please explain yourself, Christina. All right. So <laughs> you, we may we may have all seen the the terrible teen, and he is like actually not a good teen. Like there are some good teens. We'll talk about a good teen later on the pod. Uh, this is not a good teen who is trying to get Wendy's to pay for like his year supply of nuggets. Right. And and Wendy's is like, yeah, if you get 18 million retweets, we'll give you free nugs. And look, he's never going to get 18 million retweets. It's just not possible. The most retweeted thing of all time is less than three. Like he will probably break that, but he, he will never get like 18 million retweets. Um, but because of all the terrible things that have happened this week regarding brands, uh, namely United Airlines and other stuff, um, you know, Wendy's has kind of been flying high. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and so, so Wendy's has really been like capitalizing on the fact that this like Las Vegas teen like wants a, a year supply of, of, of nugs. And rather than like taking, a, you know, reading the tea leaves and being like, this kid's never going to get 18 million retweets. Let's just give him the nugs. Right. They've been like, yeah, keep going. <laughs> and and that, that's bad of Wendy's, right? And like, honestly, if you're Chick-fil-A, if you're McDonald's, if you're like Burger King, like whoever, you should step in and just be like, look, we'll give you the nugs, kid. They haven't. Right. Um, right. Understanding all you, this. We're talking then, your picture. Yeah, You've got to explain I, I know, this. I know. Yes, I, I, I'm that's getting that's there, Brie. Okay, okay, okay. This is why I'm a terrible person. This is why I'm the <laughs> worst person. Oh Wendy's God. is clearly failing at all of this. And you know what I had for lunch today? I had Wendy's chicken freaking McNuggets. Like I yeah. had Wendy's nuggets. And right. I'm a terrible person. I, th- I think I'm that the Mick worst person. is uh, trademarked, Christina. Okay, I apologize. Should, yeah, watch your I apologize. mouth. There's I'm no sorry. Mick in I, those nuggets. I, you're, you're right. I had Wendy's nuggets, chicken nuggets. Pure and nuggets. I had Wendy's chicken nuggets for lunch today. Brands are bad. I get it. Um, but you know what? freaking worked this kid who i can't stand this campaign that i think is terrible this tweet that now has more tweets than the larry tweet which is a whole other situation (laughs) i'm very angry about and yet the branding worked and i was you know my office is in union square and i was like what do i want for lunch today and i was like you fell for it i did i went i went to wendy's i can't tell you that i don't eat chicken nuggets because i do of course i don't if you don't you're a monster i don't Okay, like, no, Wendy's oh. is good stuff. On a scale I, I like of, of like nuggets. brands being bad, you want to talk about Wendy's not giving a kid free chicken nuggets? I could not care less. <laughs> no, and, and that's fine. I'm not saying they need to. I'm saying it's a missed opportunity. All I'm saying is like I bought into the hype of everybody talking about mm-hmm. Wendy's. Like, look, I'm going to be honest. I think that Chick-fil-A is obviously the best nuggets, of right? Uh, yeah. like, I think Chick-fil-A is without a doubt the best. And our problematic chicken overlords. Uh, yes, what about, they are. They wait, are. are we talking nuggets or strips? Because schnippers, uh, schnippers is the good Sh- stuff. Schnippers is the good stuff, but I still think that regardless, nuggets or strips, Chick-fil-A wins, right? I think that the chicken McNuggets from McDonald's are good. Yep. Um, it depends, though. You know, you need to get the right, like, fry. Like, there are times when they're not great. I think Burger King is garbage. 
Yeah. When they used to have the, when, when they used air. to have the longer strips, they were good. But ever since they moved to like the actual nugget shape, like Burger King is no, like will not eat. Like Burger King is bad. Schnippers, as you say, is good. There's, you know, um other places. But I will say I enjoy a Wendy's chicken nugget. I do. Um, but I'm still mad at myself for buying into the branding and going to Wendy's today. I'm still mad at myself, but you know what? As I said on Twitter, I am the worst kind of person. I did it and I own it. And we forgive I, I you. Think, I, I think this is what I have to say. I I I can't accept that you're buying these nuggets. What I can't accept is the color of these particular nuggets. And maybe your <laughs> your camera. And maybe is it was just the iPhone 7 up. camera. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, they were cooked. I, uh, <laughs> uh. I mean, I yeah, would, I mean, yeah. They, they were fine. Look, uh, were the best nugs okay. I've ever had? Well, no. Okay. I mean, they're not Chick-fil-A, but, <laughs> but it was fine. Um, I will say this. Usually, how do you guys feel about this? Maybe I'm a freak in this regard. I probably am. Usually when I go to Wendy's, I also get a, a, a Frosty. Oh, yeah. And I dip my nuggets in the Frosty. I've done it. Yeah. I I, I didn't I'll do that it. this time and it was a missed opportunity. But I like I will do say fries in the frosty. But the fries on. and the frosty. Yeah, the fries and the frosty are great. I mean anything in the frosty is good, but I will say I, I didn't get the frosty this time. It was a missed opportunity. Yep. If I'm gonna go back to Wendy's, which I will, I'm sure, in like a month or so, I will definitely get a frosty so I can dip the nugs in the frosty. And if any of you guys listening, rocket listeners at home, you should dip your nuggets in a frosty. It's a great, great treat. <laughs> Do it's the a great walk treat. of shame to Wendy's. Dip your nuggs Absolutely. in the frosty. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Rocket, Accelerated Geek (laughs) Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, as always. Uh, I'm bleh. Maha. I am Simone de Rochefort, as I said earlier, but now I'm going to tell you also that I'm a video producer, polygon.com, and carry on the intro as it should be. I am joined tonight... Da da da! By Christina Warren, senior writer at Gizmodo and shameful Wendy's Nugget Eater, uh, and, and general Nugget enthusiast, general let's, let's, Nugget let's enthusiast, senior Nugget Absolutely. enthusiast, also in her life. Thank you. And Democratic representative for Congress and <laughs> Nugget critic, very, Brianna Wu, very, noted very, Nugget critic, noted yeah. Nugget critic. See, Simone, I just want you to make better choices in life than Aunt Christina does. I try every day. That's all I'm asking. Like, I just want you to respect yourself. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I mean, fair. Look, that, that that's a fair critique, Bree. Um, I stand by it. You, you're absolutely okay. right. Simone okay. should make better choices than than Aunt Christina. And wow, maybe it's going to be really happen. hard to respect myself more than Christina. <laughs> uh, no, it really won't. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, all right. So we've got we got some inter- interesting stories today. So our first dive into the news <laughs> is a, a delightful, uh, not a not a scandal, but it was tagged as effed businesses on Christina's mm-hmm. article on Gizmodo, which made me laugh. Except yeah. that she used the full F word. I not I absolutely did the abbreviated one that I used for you listeners. So. Uh, if you've heard of the Chinese tech company Lico, they uh, last year were flying quite high, buying land in Silicon Valley and planning to purchase Vizio so that they could expand into the American tech market. And over the course of the last few months, like from August, there's been just this like flan in a cupboard collapse 
there with massive layoffs in the company and financial setbacks to the point where they can no longer afford layoffs because they can't pay severance to Mm -hmm. their workers. So this is kind of an ongoing story as we watch this roll out over the past week and the past months. And Christina, you are doing ongoing reporting on this. So what is happening here? That's what I'm trying to figure out. So uh, first disclosure, if you work or have worked at Lico and would like to get in touch with me, you can be completely anonymous. You can contact me via email, christina.warren at gizmodo.com. We can talk over our signal. We can talk on the phone. However, if you want, uh, reach out to me. I've already talked to a number of former employees. I'm trying to reach out to more and trying to trying to figure out what's happening. Because like, l- l- as you said, Simone, um, this was a company that most people in the United States – First, probably heard about in connection with the the car startup Faraday Future, and mm-hmm. that's a completely separate kind of cluster F uh, that I don't want to get into. But that is a uh, a, a U.S. based electric car startup that debuted at CES 2016 and has kind of had aims at taking on Tesla and some other pl- you know players in the electric and um, autonomous car market. But this this company in China, they're known as Lishi, and and they have um, a number of different subsidiaries, and they're very very popular. They make phones, they make TVs, they have a streaming service, they have millions of of customers. They're a huge CDN. Um, and last year, uh, Lico kind of said, okay, well, we want to enter the United States market, and so they in July basically said, well, we are going to be buying Vizio, which is a very popular budget TV brand. For $2 billion. And a lot of us went, wow, we haven't heard of this company before. What What's going on? Not and, totally ridiculous, though, right? Because Huawei no. also, you know, they're making their push here in the what, oh, Huawei, those other CTE, uh, yeah. Xiaomi. I mean, look, Xiaomi. look they're, they're not they're, they're not alone. There are, there are a bunch of Chinese companies who are trying to make it big in the U.S. And, and, and this is just another example. And I, that was honestly how it was kind of, you know, positioned mm-hmm. for a lot of us was, oh, well, this is just another company, you know, Chinese uh, big big company who is wanting to make a push in the US. The difference was, you know, Lico said, okay, well, we have this content arm um, in China, you know, where the Netflix of China is how they're known. And, and and they own a lot of the content deals there. And they have, you know, 730 million monthly active users for some wow. of their services, which is exactly, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> an order of magnitude. That's an order of Not magnitude. Of, uh, that's an order of magnitude above what anybody in the Western world could expect. Um, and, and they also, you know, they sell a lot of phones. They they are, are one of the fastest growing phone companies. They have televisions. They have electric bikes. As I said, they're getting into electric cars, both with their own division and with the investment in Faraday Future. And it looked like, you know, this is going to be a really big contender as um, a, as, a, as a player to watch in Silicon Valley. And so when, in, in July, you know, they announced their intentions of buying Vizio. They said, you know, it'll, it, it'll be approved. In October, they had a really big, splashy U.S. launch. Um, I was invited to the launch. I wasn't able to go, but we covered it remotely where they launched you know, a bunch of televisions and phones. And, and these were like high-end, high-spec products sold at a low price, which again is the Xiaomi model. So in, in, in kind of similar to, to Huawei and ZTE and Alcatel, like it was the, – the idea was – and it was expressed to me, you know, we are not just a knockoff company. We are selling – well-designed, high-spec things, but at prices that are super cheap and competitive. Mm-hmm. And and it looked like, you know, they were really trying to make a concentrated push at the U.S. market. And it just hasn't happened. And so what's hap- what, what has happened is what was announced this week and what kind of predicated a lot of the reporting, there had been some reporting in the past few months that there have been layoffs, although that, that didn't get mass attention. Um, and, and there was um, 
They bought a bunch of land in Silicon Valley from Yahoo back in July for $250 million. And back in in um, March, they announced, well, we're, we're going to be selling that land. We actually are not going to be having 12,000 employees moving in and, and hiring it. We're going to be selling this land. And, and Faraday Future, which is a different company, I don't want to get into the details, has had massive financial problems. But you know what what came out this week was that Vizio, this company that in July they'd announced they were going to acquire for two billion dollars they they said, actually, we're not going to acquire them because regu- regulatory headwinds they blamed regulatory headwinds in China, and that could be part of it, but I don't think it is all of it um you know it means that we're not going going to acquire this company and that kind of came on the heels of Bloomberg reports that there have been and in Silicon Valley business uh journal reports that there have been layoffs over the last few months and more layoffs are coming. And and Bloomberg is reporting, and I've actually found this from my own reporting as well that I'm still doing, um, that uh, the reason that more people haven't been laid off is because the company can't afford to pay severance. And so there's this very interesting situation where a lot of very – what I found in my reporting and and what is kind of you know the picture that's starting to, to shade out, and, and I love you guys' perspective on this, is that you had this company that nobody had heard of but had a, a lot of money in China, it makes a huge push in the U.S. market, hires very smart people, hires very talented people, and then in the matter of you know less than a year, is kind of collapsing into itself. Right, and and, and that's and it's why bizarre. I had so many questions for you about sure. this, Christina, because I read your piece and it's it's excellent, but it left me it left me with so many more questions about it. I, I'd <laughs> love to be able to ask you about this. So sure. This is what I don't understand about the the company's strategy as a whole. You right. know, you're you're writing about how they have almost a billion users in China, which is right. just um, amazing, staggering. Uh, staggering, staggering, staggering. Like Netflix, I, wishes. Like right. So any company that's starting with that kind of user base, like you have to wonder where the cash flow is going to. Mm-hmm how that could just disappear. But then, like I started getting into your article and I noticed like when you're talking about the users, you were talking about how it was really tied to devices in China. So right. I'm like, okay, does that mean this is crapware installed on phones? And then you know, you're talking about the Vizio deal. That's why I don't, I don't understand any of this. So if it's the Netflix of China, the idea of Netflix is it's a decentralized service Right. That, you know, they really made an effort to put it everywhere on Wii U, on your smartphone, on, you know, your Any Chromebook. TV. Absolutely. Anything, you're right. Anything. You're, you're right. That's how they became huge is they literally, they started out on Roku and then they literally. Right. They, Scorched they, they, earth they, policy. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they, they retreated a little bit now because they can, but it, there was a period of time when. The joke was, but will it run Netflix? And the answer was, right. of course it will. I mean, unless you're a BlackBerry, any phone, any device, any set-top box would would have a Netflix app. So, yeah, okay. if they're so already- this is oh, what – oh, No, I was going to say, so help me understand that. If this is the Netflix of China, is there – why did they need to acquire TVs? Because that would um, be suicide. Well, they're already making their own TVs, TVs, too. Like, exactly. they were selling yes. their TVs in the U.S. And they also yes, – they, they wanted Vizio just for the brand recognition, basically. I think is- they wanted it for the brand recognition. And also, frankly, you know, Vizio is one of the top TV brands in the U.S. So they're a budget brand. But, you know, they kind of jockey back and forth between Samsung as, as who's going to sell the most. You know, if you go to a Costco or a Best Buy or a Walmart – Many of the TVs you see, and, and they're good mm-hmm. quality TVs, are Vizios, and and you know they're they're facing competition from TCL and and, and Hisense and people like that. But but they're they're a popular brand, and I think that the way I understood it when I talked to people, some of them are no longer with the company, but when I talked to people at at at, at 
Laco um, earlier uh, before their launch, um, it seemed like they were kind of trying to buy market share in the sense that I think what they thought they were going to do, because a lot of people that I've talked to kind of expressed the idea that Alico is was not just an electronics company. They were a content company. And it was kind of like, if you imagine Netflix and Apple having a baby, that's what this company <laughs> is going to be. And so their idea was that they would they would develop their own original content. They'd make content deals with their people. And they would distribute that content through devices that people would buy. And so I think that the goal of Vizio was well, they say millions, they sell millions and millions of TVs a year, and they're a really popular brand. And so we will buy them in effect to get the opportunity to distribute our content. We and will that's sell how we, millions and millions of TVs a year. And, but we will sell millions and millions of TVs, but we will also then use that, um, that scale, so to speak, mm-hmm. to, um, you know, uh, distribute our own original content and to okay. make our own content deals. In the I, I United think that was States, the idea. Though. In the United States, yes, exactly. Because they already had that scale in China. That was one of the interesting things in China was that they'd started out as the Netflix of China, but they'd expanded to electronics. And I think that when they looked at entering in the U.S. market, they said, okay, well, you know, we might have to buy our way into the market a little bit, but if we have this brand that people already know, this would be a perfect distribution mechanism for our online services that we're trying to launch when you're putting it that way that does make sense to me just because we are so oversaturated with streaming apps and then this year sure. I mean, we have direct tv streaming now we netflix and hulu are obviously still very popular like youtube tv everything. youtube tv yeah, is coming right. out which we'll talk about later but like there are there are some really big names that have that brand recognition in the u.s or in the west already right that uh i cannot imagine they would want to compete with if they just released some sort of content streaming exactly. app. Precisely. So that does make sense to me. Exactly. But how did their cash flow go kaput? Like, I don't understand I don't that. know. Well, Matt Damon have... took it. Well, <laughs> he did. He did take part of it. So LaVision Pictures, which is uh, one of their divisions, um, had a co-financing deal with Universal Pictures and Legendary Pictures um, to make a movie called The Great Wall. It was Ugh. the largest um, uh co-financing production between China and the United States. There was a lot of money bet on this and it flopped. It flopped in the United States hard. It also did not meet expectations in China. And and it's a it's a bad thing. Like this is part of the whole broader Lico strategy globally because in addition to having the problems with the car companies and having a problem with the US market, you know, on the entertainment side, you know, they had this 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 motion picture company and this, their biggest investment, and in fact, not just their biggest investment, but the biggest co-financing production that you've ever seen between China and the United States flopped. And um, and it's a problem. And and so, yeah, you're right. Matt Damon kind of took it. But I think you're, you know, to, to your point, Brie, like how did they have these cash flow problems? That's what I'm trying to figure out. So anybody who, who used to work <laughs> there, anybody who has any information, get in contact with me. We're trying to understand that information. And it, it's not really clear yet what, what went on. Because, you know, when I talked to to um, people there in October as they were preparing for their U.S. launch, it almost seemed, I mean, to me, it was kind of explained as if the the implication was we will buy our way into relevancy. Mm -hmm. And and within months, as we've seen from the reporting and and as I've seen from talking to people, there have been layoffs. And, um, you know, the the company is not doing as well as they thought they were. The the fact that the the Vizio partnership is, is not happening you know, they are blaming regulatory headwinds, meaning that there are now provisions in, in China that will uh, determine whether or not you can buy a U.S.-owned company. And that mm. could be part of it for sure. I, I, I don't want to speculate and say that, that that is not a, a part of the situation. But it also seems like 
you know, based on other things that have been reported and, and things that I'm I'm learning as if there were, were you know, genuine cash flow problems that also could have um, made um, completing the acquisition difficult. Regardless, it's just kind of a, it's a weird situation. I haven't, um, I, I don't know if you you know, how much of the dot-com era you were really part of, Brie, but I used to, I was in high school at the time, but I read a lot of books and it was kind of obsessed with, you know, the, the, the bust of the, of the dot-com mm. era, you know, this is, you know, now nearly 20 years ago. And, and, and this reminds me a lot of that where, you know, in, in 1999, 2000, you had companies who had huge Super Bowl ads and, and had big, you know, pets.com and, and, and there were value America. There were these really big high flying startups, places that went public and that were, it looked like for a long time, you know, they were going to be on top of the world and then they were gone in, in less than a year. Um, there, there's, there's a great book, um, that uh, uh, James Ledbetter wrote called, you know, Starving to Death on 200 Million a Year. And it's actually about the the media industry, about um, a publication called um, The Industry Standard that had gone from, you know, having 400 pages a month as a magazine and, and many of them, the majority of that was ads to being much smaller in the course of a year and how in, you know, a, a very brief period of time, this kind of Bible, this was kind of a prototype to tech crunch, um, you know, ended up going out of business and um are you making that, that connection was, mostly in terms of tech companies expansion or in terms of like content companies expansion i think it's mostly tech i mean because content companies are different but it's kind of both to be totally honest i mean from what i've learned and i'm still doing my reporting and, and that's why I, i'm again stressing like if any listeners have any more information let us know or let me know um you know, it, it becomes kind of an interesting situation where because this is a Chinese company, which makes it different than just being like a U.S. startup, um, there are are some analogies that I'm seeing that kind of remind me of things that I read about during the dot-com bust where you had a lot of promises made and you had a lot of, um, you know, ambitions and then the money just didn't come through and it just didn't work. Um, and, and, and it, but it's been a while since we've seen this, even in, in the web 2.0 kind of bust and kind of, you know, the, the failures that we've seen in, in startups in the last few years, I, I can't recall other than maybe something like, like a Groupon, which is still ticking away where you've seen, you know, so much hype around something and such a quick collapse. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, really interesting. There, there's got to be another shoe to drop here. I I do have to say it really reminds me of you know Square. Square yeah. bet literally everything on the Final Fantasy movie. This is one of the first three yes. movies. It was much more of a novelty back then. That's why it's Square Enix today because like it, totally. it literally almost sunk their it almost sunk entire the studio. I also have to say, you know, God, I. I probably should not mention this on air, but you know, like, uh, you know, my husband is, he was born in America, but you know, his dad is from China originally, and he has a lot of relatives from China overseas. And you know, like actually one of Frank's really close relatives actually went to uh, jail because of all the, uh, the, um, you know, like basically when the communist party is collapsing and they really crack down on corruption over there with who is getting, you know, what contracts from the state, like, you know, there's a lot of playing fast and loose with the rules over there. So it just, it just makes me kind of look at what I know about how the you know Chinese startup world works. Sure. It just makes me go, 
you know what? A company with almost a billion users, if they've got any kind of revenue, you know, you can figure out a cash flow shortage problem. You know, sure. you, you sell tr- shares of your company, you borrow money more expensively. Like, this is a solvable problem. It seems so for to be. to completely <laughs> collapse, it no, just... It- it doesn't make sense without another piece of the puzzle there, whether it's somebody's going to jail or there's been, you right. know, a lot I of love embezzlement this. conspiracy theory. So, well, no, you're not it's wrong. It's got to be. It's got to no, be. No, you're it not just wrong, doesn't Bray. make sense. No, you're, you're, you're not wrong, Brie. It, it's interesting, too, because they actually, you know, uh, Li Xi, which is, is the technical name of the company in China, you know, announced they raised – $2.2 billion um, a- a- about a month ago. And, and that kind of was saving them from kind of their cash crunch. The, the problem is, you know, for anyone in the United States is that that money is all earmarked for the Chinese business. That's all earmarked for the stuff happening yeah. in China. That's not going to necessarily be becoming um, in any way to the U.S. side. And that is part of what makes this more complicated. And this is not dissimilar. You know, we talked a little bit about, you know, a few weeks back about you know the the troubles happening at Samsung within the family there and the Shyball and 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 you know the the prime minister who was kicked out and and is now you know been arrested and charged with all kinds of crimes and and um you know when you talk about these kind of uh, foreign structures of businesses it it is oftentimes much more complex than how the structures are in the United States, which can also be complex. And and so this is a situation where you're not wrong. You know, if you've got this many users, you should a- absolutely be able to make money. And I think that they have been, they have been successful in raising capital in China. Um, what has not been as, as successful and, and is still proving to kind of we're trying to see how it shakes out is, is what it means for their American ambitions. I will say that when I talked to one of the the executives who the, the guy who's like the the CFO of of uh, Lico North America, I talked to him in November because the CEO of, of the entire company released a memo in China that basically admitted we've been growing too fast. We don't have we have a, we're in the middle of a cash crunch. We are not as well capitalized as we should be, and it freaked a lot of people out. It freaked people out in America. It freaked people out, you know, in China. Obviously, um, it it also raised questions about what their plans were for Asia and for Russia. Um, but in the United States, you know, their comment was like, this is fine. You don't understand. You know, he, he's being this open because this is how they act in China. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I do not um, believe that. I'm I mean, sorry. I, 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 <laughs> no, I, look, I don't really either, but that was the explanation. And and then, you know, I was assured, I was told, you know, on the record, I was like, the United States is our number one priority. Um, nothing about our plans for acquiring Vizio has changed. Nothing about anything else has changed. Um, and that was in November. And so five months later, they're not acquiring Vizio. It's clear that some of their other priorities are, are going away. They are no longer actively hiring in the United States. Bloomberg has reported that they're going to be doing more layoffs. People that I've spoken to seem to you know believe that more layoffs are coming. You know, it, it's kind of a cluster. And, and it, it's just interesting how... I don't know what I'm trying to get to the bottom of, and 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 I hope that my reporting will bear this out. I, I don't know if it will or won't, but they managed to, at least from everything that I've discovered so far, hire really really intelligent people in the United States. Like this wasn't a matter of of, of dumb people joining as part of a dream. Like they they recruited really really smart people, and and I, I it's interesting just to see how a how quickly it's fallen apart, and b to me, I kind of want to want to learn more about, well, why did all these smart people 
think that this was going to work. And as I said, the closest analogy I can kind of feel like I find is what happened with mm-hmm. the dot-com bust do you you think, know, at, at, at the turn of the century. Do you think that Vizio, had they been able to acquire it, would that have been basically a stopgap measure in terms of the downfall? No. Or no. It, it would have kept going? I, I don't think so. I think that, you know, Vizio, the, the big implica- the, the, the big plan there, it seemed to be, was that they would be buying that for kind of market share and to kind of say, well, we own this, this very popular brand and we can use mm-hmm. this as a distribution me- mechanism for our services. I don't think, I mean, honestly, even if they'd already closed on the deal, just because, you know, they announced that in July. So that's what, like eight, nine yeah, months ago. Yeah, that's a long time to just stop. Not to, A long time to have that deal just floating out there and not well, it's, well, make it's a long time to have the, It's a long time to have that deal floating out and make headway, but it's also a short time to actually get anything accomplished. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess, my, I guess my, my point would be, if you know you're already having cash flow problems, if you're already having issues getting things done, I don't think that that acquisition would have come soon enough to make any difference, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. And I also think that if a company like Vizio is willing to sell for the amount they were willing to sell, um, you know, it, that doesn't indicate that maybe the the revenue I, – I don't know if the revenue would have made a difference for them to be able to get more funding or not. I honestly have no idea. Uh, but but I, I don't think it would have made a difference. I think that ultimately – how it seems to me is is that you know they wanted Vizio for the brand recognition and as kind of a way to help enter the lower end market in North America because their own uh, Leco TVs were, were selling for a little bit more. They were very high quality, but their their average selling price was probably a little higher than your your average um, Vizio. Um, but they really thought, and I think that they were talking to content partners about saying, okay, well we can you know, stream your content. Like, let's say they were talking to Rocket. They were talking to us. They would say, oh, well, or Relay FM. They would say, oh, well, we can put all of I don't pod- know if I'd do a deal with them right now, Christine. Uh, I, I don't so. think we would, but I'm, but, well, I'm not saying now. I'm saying, let's say this conversation was happening in July. Right, they would say, right. They would In the come theoretical to Relay world. In the theoretical world, they would come to Relay and they would say, oh, well, we're going to put you, you know, on our platform. And we're going to have all the scale and all these jillions of users. And, and Relay might be like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know. You know, you haven't sold any TVs in America yet. And they're like, oh, but we've sold so many in China. But then what if they said, oh, but, you know, also we're buying Vizio who sells millions of TVs a year. Mm-hmm. And your content will be going on those TVs too. I think that was sort of the draw and, yeah. and that they kind of saw Vizio as a distribution mechanism. Having I, I, know we, I know we've got to move on here. Yeah, we do. I just have to say it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. None of this makes sense to me. No, it's like, weird. The, it's the weird, right? To, the key to coming to America is content. Like Hulu, you know, they went and they got the rights to Stephen King. Absolutely. They, they got content that people want. The idea of bundling it with, um, I, I just well, don't buy Huawei it. Even and if TCL, it in- for all I know, are doing fine. And they, they are. do pure tech, not content. Exactly. And from what I understand from people I've talked to. Maybe they know, wanted close- their cake and to eat it too. I mean, I think that's what they wanted. I think they thought that they could have this kind of fusion of Netflix and, and Apple. And obviously they have neither. And at least in the United States. It, and it's really interesting. And I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, how does this collapse so quickly? How do, how do mean- you... How, you know, from, how does that from happen? From my point of view, though, it's like Vizio. So, you know, moving money from country to country, like this is non-trivial, right? Sure. Like we, we put these systems in place after World War II. It's like the framework of globalization. It's very difficult how that much money gets transferred around. So, like, if you're talking to me about them buying uh, Vizio, I can see that as a way to have substantial financial assets to 
you know, basically trade off more deals and do things like that. Like I can see that being a solution to a cash flow problem. I don't buy it as just a a content strategy. Like all these things are linked somehow. And maybe Vizio started looking into the money and like, you know, when you do your due diligence, if if it's not there, like people get cold feet and government's a really easy thing to blame. So Jim, insert the Twilight Zone theme song right here. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Enter Africa to Rocket. That's a rocket blasting off at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Yay. (laughs) Yay. You can make your next move with Squarespace. Move to space with Rocket. (laughs) Africa to Rocket. 10% off at checkout. Squarespace. Have you heard of it? It's a platform yes. that lets you. <laughs> what was that hesitation? I'm sorry, everyone. Our ad reads are never rehearsed. They are pure and they come from the heart, and that's why my co my co podcasters. That's why you're so great. They're really obvious cue. No, I'm sorry. No, we we have heard of Squarespace. I mean, that's where the Basic Bitches Guide to Life is hosted. It's where your book podcast um the website is hosted it, it's where if brianna was not as successful as a candidate as she is would potentially have like uh, her, her her she she's way too big for you know what i mean but like she could have like a splash page yeah no we're aware right, of squarespace right, we love right. squarespace it's where um it's it's where uh s town you know oh my god podcast. i need to listen to that podcast but yes more, you do but that's another, another topic other people let's talk about you listener you probably want to make a website and you want like a unique domain you want like it to be super easy you want access to award-winning templates and you want to do it like super fast and you know what would be really great if you could do it just no credit card required just build the entire website and like spend two weeks tinkering with it and perfecting it and testing out different templates without like spending any money on it using an, an amazing platform an amazing powerful platform that's used by people everywhere that's very popular for good reason so whether you want to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog whatever you want squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do that thing don't install anything don't worry about patches don't worry about upgrading things only worry about upgrading you and the content that you're putting on your website squarespace has the rest of it covered and they have award-winning 24 7 customer support if you need any help along the way so do go there go to squarespace.com check it out build a freaking website like i did and then sign up with offer code rocket to get 10 percent off and squarespace plans start at just 12 dollars a month so like that's great go do that thing squarespace.com Thank you for your support. <laughs> You're so good at this. Make your next so, move. So I, I have Make an your outline. next website. I, I have an outline for Simone Adreed. What? Like it starts it starts with the awkward segue. And then like awkward. step two is yeah. And then you get your super professional voice. Like it sounds for like at least the first 10 seconds, like you're hyper professional and doing it on the radio. And then you start to snort laugh halfway through. 
And then you start changing to awkward accents just randomly for no reason. And then I crack up and then you like just keep going through and then the whole ad just falls apart. Like there's a there's a rhythm to a Simone de Rocher. I'm really glad that you have uh, that you've broken it down like this because I don't know what's going on because I black out in the middle and I don't know what I say. It comes from the heart, people. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So YouTube is introducing their own (laughs) streaming app. Like we said earlier, it's coming. They're joining the throng. So it just launched in five cities. So you could probably imagine what those cities are. New York is one of them. I believe LA is one of them. Doesn't really matter. Uh, They're offering about 50 channels at $35 a month. And Christina got to review it. And the TLDR is that technologically great, but it has one really huge, ridiculous drawback, which made me like screen cap the paragraph in your article and text it to you going, what? Yep. Yep. So here's the thing. Um, There are a number of like online only, you know, subscription services you can get. There's Sling TV, there's PlayStation View, there's DirecTV Now. Uh, Hulu is supposed to be coming out with a live product soon. Comcast has one of the works. I think Verizon is talking about doing one as well. Uh, YouTube's is really good because, you know, YouTube has experience delivering um, content at scale. One of the problems with Sling TV, even, you know, now a year and a half into their existence, is that if you are watching a popular, uh, excuse me, a popular program, say like The Walking Dead, you know, on a Sunday night or whatever, um, the quality of the stream will often be poor hmm. and and DirecTV has had some of these issues as well so has playstation but they've it, they've gotten better but, but sling in particular still has issues sometimes you know youtube doesn't have these problems they can deliver live sports and 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 news and entertainment shows great quality the problem as as you said simone the thing that you had to screen cap um is that it they have an app for ios and for android and you can watch it on a chromecast and that's it. Yep. So, so I mean, this, if you want to watch this on a television set, it's it's a very difficult experience. This blew my mind because especially, so you mentioned you can play it through Chromecast if you have a Chromecast TV. You, right. even if you have the app on your iPhone, cannot AirPlay it to an Apple TV because it's audio only because of DRM. Yep. That is yep. wild. And they are uh, working on other apps. That's yes. correct. Okay. They are working on other apps and other platforms, but it's not available at launch, which is a problem. So, for instance, you know, I have a television that supports the Cast protocol, which is not quite the same as Chromecast, but is similar, meaning I can use the YouTube app, I can use other apps, and I can use the Cast protocol to send things from my television, from my phone to my television. And, mm-hmm. um, in most cases, how that will work, like YouTube is a great example. I will be able to open up YouTube on my phone, see a video, press the cast icon, which kind of looks like a Wi-Fi icon, select my TV, and it will send the content from my from my phone to my TV. When I do that on the the YouTube TV app, it doesn't work. It wants a PIN number. It wants an official Chromecast. So what what I had to do in the course of my review, I had to actually find an old Chromecast that I had buried around someplace. 
dig it out of a drawer, you know, connect it to my TV and, and then, you know, use it. And, and it was kind of a frustrating experience because as, as you said, AirPlay only worked audio. They, the, the, the video wouldn't work because of DRM. Did they warn my, you about this when they, it was given they, to you? They did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they did. And look, this is, it wasn't, this wasn't just my review. If you want to sign up for the service now, if you're in New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, Philadelphia, Chicago, or, um, or Chicago was in five cities, you can do that now. You know, you, you can pay for the service. Um, they have a 30 day free trial. Um, but you know, I, I, they, they'd warned me about it, but, but I was still thinking, well, there will be ways around this. You know, I can either airplay or, okay, they say they support Chromecast, but obviously they'll support the cast SDK. No, 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 no. You need a real Chromecast. And, um, so that means if you have an Xbox or a TiVo or, or a Roku or whatever, it won't work. Is this and something? That's a problem. To- is this something to do with just the the launch window and probably testing? Yeah, probably. Right. I mean, because it probably it's only is. a few cities. So you're, you're, I'm not, I don't expect right. it to be all right at, I mean, at the beginning. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. You're not wrong. I mean, look, it is only in a few cities, and I don't want to be too harsh. Having said that, I mean, if any other service were to do the same thing and were to launch without an Apple TV app, without a Roku app, without the ability to watch on a television, without using one specific company's dongle. We would mm-hmm. criticize them. And so I think it's worth pointing out that at least right now, look, YouTube has said that they are actively looking at making it better. I have no doubt to, to believe them. Mm-hmm. That is the one downside. Having said all that, and again, you know, depending on how much TV you watch on your TV, it may not be a deal breaker because the the the, the website app is fantastic. If you go to tv.youtube.com, the experience is great. The iOS app is great. The Android app is great. If you have a Chromecast, the experience is great. Um, the content selection look, they have a huge hole in their library right now, and that is the Turner channels. So uh, if you want TNT, TBS, Cartoon Network, CNN, you know, et cetera, they are not available. That is a problem. Um, but they're looking at making deals other places. It's it's a pretty good service, you know. It, um, it, it speaks well to promising. me that technologically, like you mentioned using it on the subway and not having any problems with no problems. Uh, the network. And even though it is launched and like there are presumably not a, sh- a crap ton of people on it right now it's still like a, a baby network so yeah, i am yeah, i'm yeah. really pleased that's that so, so this is what i didn't understand about it and i would love to because like when your article starts out you're talking about how you spend 140 months uh dollars a month on cable which we need to talk about on a separate I, I know. no no, Simone, you benefit, so shut up. Oh, you're right. I mean, leave Christina alone. <laughs> right, right, right. Thank you. But, but, but yeah, go this on. Is, this is what I didn't understand about this because um, I, I'm someone I, I would be very interested in in buying this, but you didn't mention local sports teams and if they are included because that is um, the only reason right. I pay for cable here is sure. so I can see – when the Yankees play the Red Sox and my husband and I can argue about that. So is that is that included with it or is it not? It should be. So if it's airing on like your local like Fox station or NBC station, that should completely come up. Um, I'm not – I'll be totally honest. I'm not 100% sure because I'm not a huge sports ball person. Um, it, it In some cases, you know, they block those things out. It should be fine. So, I mean, the idea would be like if you want to watch your local news channel – you know, like if I want to watch my local NBC affiliate right now, you know, at 1021, NBC, whatever they're airing it is going to air. But like at 11 o'clock, they'll have the evening news. I'll be able to watch the evening news. So so in theory, the local station should work fine. Now, 
the challenge that they have, and this, this gets a little a little wonky, so, so I don't want to get too into this, is that right now the reason they have the local station support is because they're in markets that are are what's known as owned and operated, which means that um, NBC owns and operates the channel, uh, CBS owns and operates the channel, et, et cetera. Those are different places to places. So like New York is one of those markets. LA is one of those markets where all the major television networks are owned and operated by you know, the, the network themselves. When you go to other markets, like if you were to say like Atlanta, Atlanta's like CBS affiliate is not owned by CBS. It's owned by someone else. And so that can sometimes make a difference uh, when it comes to, to local sports stuff. When it comes to blackouts, I'll be honest with you, Bree, that's a great question. I don't know. I hope so. I think that should be fine. It should be the same as if you were just subscribing to cable. Uh, but I genuinely don't know. But yeah, you're right. Like that, that that's a good question. I mean, and and I will say that they have a lot of sports channels that they support. They support, you know, Fox Sports and and Comcast Sports and maybe some of the Yes Networks and and ESPN and that stuff. Like uh, most of the channels that are that are listed, a, a huge percentage are sports based. So if you're a sports fanatic, um, yeah, it might be worth looking at. Life is great for sports fanatics. So, I mean, the other the other part of this I didn't really understand is, you know, if YouTube is going to do this, the one use case that I would really like to see them refine is, you know, like, I want to be able to go to Polygon's channel and then watch all the new, you know, SEO play videos. I want to go to Coop772's channel and then, you know, watch that in my living room. Like, there's so much awesome content on YouTube these days. But you were talking about, like, the YouTube Red subscription not really working, like, really well with it. So, um, I mean, is that – are they going to fix that? Like, how I do you so. feel about that? Yeah. So so you you get the original Red content. So the, the, the original Red programs um, right, right, are right. part of it. But it's just what the I was, ad-free experience. That's all I care about. The ad-free is, not part, so, right. the ad-free is right. not part of it. So, so That's the original. The, one thing that they are doing, I will say, you know, in the interface, and, and obviously they're still very new, you know, this is a very new process, is they are kind of um, dispersing in content you would see from YouTube in your recommended things along with your network programs. So I would not be surprised. They don't have a mechanism yet. But I would not be surprised if, you know, the way, the same way that I can subscribe and automatically record to the cloud DVR, which is a great feature and it works wonderfully. Every episode of, say, the Mick on Fox, if I could also search through and say, I want to record every episode of SEO Play and have that saved to my DVR. Um, I think that that will probably come. I think that that, you're right, Brie, like that, that's a huge opportunity for them is to kind of merge those two worlds. The thing that, and and Hulu's service hasn't launched yet, so I don't want to overhype it because it could be different by the time it does launch. But the preview that Hulu showed me in January at CES, the reason that was the most impressive of any of them I've seen was because they were taking the live TV experience and pairing it with the catalog experience that YouTube that they excuse me that Hulu already has, and and I think that that. For, for Hulu, especially in television, would give them a huge incentive because you would have every show that you already get with Hulu Plus as well as live TV. And I think that you're right, Brie. I think that a huge opportunity for YouTube and something that they could do, I mean, it's still very early, but I think they have the opportunity to do this, would be to say, we have all the live TV content you want. You want to watch the sports. You want to watch the award shows. You want to watch, you know, whatever. But we also know that this is the destination you go to to watch 
your favorite channels and we're going to mm-hmm. give you one interface to do all of that. And I think right, if they can do right. that, that's I mean, really compelling. That's what Apple TV believes is that they can put, you know, Wall Street Journal channel. They can put all these different channels there. And I'm going to go there with each of those videos, but it's just not it's just not how you want to watch it. No, it's right? not. You like, want one you interface. Wanna, you want it's one good. interface. You just want to go to your favorite YouTube people that you subscribe to. You want to be able to Oh, this this looks interesting. This is related, and you just want to get into that flow with it, right? Well, in that um, light, though, I do think yeah. YouTube has a leg up because it owns so much of that content that is right. often heralded. And I say this not as a YouTuber, but as a professional, as the sort of horizon of entertainment. Like we have not we have shows on YouTube that air weekly that get yeah tens of thousands of views and it's kind of in some cases it's appointment viewing and in some cases it's just like you know that regular schedule helps people keep up with it but i i think that this is really smart like despite the uh the some of the drawbacks that we're seeing oh, yeah. here at the beginning like this is pretty cool no i agree and and i you're you're dead on simone i mean i think that for a certain generation of people and i think this is why youtube is doing this right why google is doing this for a certain generation of people, people who are younger than me um, and, and younger than Brie and, and maybe even younger than you, Simone, but like people who are coming of age now, their primary entertainment destination is not cable. And even if their parents subscribe, even if they live in a place where it's available, it is YouTube. And so I think it's very, very, very smart for YouTube to say, well, we're already your destination for this content. Let's be your entire destination for all content and be a one-stop shop. And that's a huge opportunity. And despite, you know, kind of the rollout, uh, you know, niggles and, and the fact that there isn't broader smart TV support and the fact that it's only available in a few cities, I think gives them the brand chi, so to speak, uh-huh. that they have alone is massive with a certain demographic. I just and figured everything out. Okay, so, so, lay it on us. The reason that Lico is collapsing in the United States is because YouTube doesn't support televisions and is killing huh. televisions. And Lico is like, no, we got to bounce. We're, we got to get out of here. YouTube TV killed Lico. That's my, that's I my, mean, that's it. Conspiracy theory. That, that's a great, you're probably not completely wrong, honestly. Like that, that's probably part of it. I think that the success of, of YouTube TV and that sort of thing will probably pay off. No, but I mean, I, I think to your point, Brie, like it, it, you know, finding a way to fuse those two things together, that's the the challenge. But I think also the opportunity, right? right like I think right. that they have all these dedicated, like very dedicated YouTube watchers, and I think that they have an opportunity now to upsell people and say hey, we know you love this content. You'll still be able to see it. You'll still be able to use it in the app and and, and enjoy it. Um, but would you also like to watch, you know, this differently produced content and this live content? I mean, I think live is the big thing. The, I, I, I do want to say one thing. The, the cloud DVR they have is great. It's an unlimited cloud DVR. A lot of these services have cloud DVRs. I think YouTube's is probably the easiest to use so far where basically it will record any show Anytime it airs in the future, you know, it'll record all the episodes. It stores it for nine months. Um, in my test, commercials didn't show up, although I've, I've heard, I've since heard from YouTube that they are supposed to show up, but you know, you could fast forward through them, which is fine. Um, and it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a really great way to say, 
you know, Thursday night at at, at nine o'clock, I want to watch X number of things. I can record all of them at once and and have access to them all as soon as they're done. Um, one of the other things I would say that that is nice about the service is that you can have up to six individual accounts active at once. So for a family that has six members, each person has their own DVR, each person has their own recommendations, and you have up to three active streams at one time. And that's an important distinction from some of the services because some of them will only let you do one or maybe even two things at a time. Never catch me, YouTube. Exactly. But this time you can actually have, I mean, this is great for a household genuinely where you can say, well, I can, one person can be on a TV, one person can be on a phone, one person can be on an iPad or, or whatever. We can all be streaming different content at the same time and it, and it won't interfere. That's really nice. I can't um, wait to never speak to people in my home again. This I mean, episode that's I feel. of Rocket is not brought to you by Teespring actually, but I am going to tell you really quickly that uh, there's one week left in our t-shirt campaign. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost time. So if you don't have your Rocket Make It Weird t-shirt yet, don't put it off because you're going to forget. Oh, my God. I'm a freaking genius. Oh, my God, you guys. What? Did you hear that rhyme? I did. That I was did. so Thank good. You. That that was the you part that talent. made me seem really smart to myself, I guess. Um, <laughs> so if you go to teespring.com slash make it weird, that's T-E-E spring.com slash make it weird, you can get your own make it weird t-shirt. It is running as of this recording for seven days, 28 minutes, 48, 47, 46, 45 seconds, um, which will actually be less by the time you hear this because uh, it's Wednesday night and you'll probably hear this thursday or friday so i don't know y'all uh get that t-shirt and get free drinks from us and uh explain to people who see you and ask why it's weird how you're making it weird (laughs) and who the original person was who made it weird because that was me that was me. Are, are you going to use like, uh, are you going to sue people that make it weird, Simone? Since I am you actually suing that? everyone who I see in this shirt. I do not approve of it. I did not sign off on this. Um, and if I see you in this shirt, I will probably tackle you in the street. I will personally hold you down as I call the cops with my free hand. I'm only holding you down with one hand because I'm super strong. Don't know if y'all know this. I am very extremely strong because I work out. Um, And so, yeah, you'll be arrested and put in jail. So uh, $23 to be held down in the street by me and then put in jail? Come on. This is such a steal. You want this. Teespring.com slash rocket. I mean, slash make it weird. Slash make it weird. I will hold you down good in the street. Thanks so much. God. Now let's talk about oh, the great oh. hero of our time. Oh, oh, yeah. How old were to, you when you first drove yeah. a car, Bri? I'm sorry. Real quick, Simone. Yeah. Real quick, Simone. I just want to say, if uh, you see some, if you see uh, Brianna or Christina with the shirt on, you will not be held down. Right. You will not yeah. be tortured. Yeah, we will buy drinks for I you. I will do that. So, yes. so, so this, the, the. To, to kind of the counterpart, you don't want to see Simone with the shirt on because she will be terrible to you. But if you see me or Brianna, we'll buy you alcohol. Yeah, yeah it'll be great. It'll be great. Am I misunderstanding and, and, I, what the people want from me? Like, I, I mean, thought you, I was brought on this show to hold people down and arrest you them. Are, you were. That was why Simone de Brochefort was brought on the show. I'm simply saying that Aunt Christina and Aunt Brianna 
um, are the cool people. We're the cool moms. And we love alcohol. And we love to okay, buy people see, drinks. Okay, see, now you're making value judgments. Uh, Some people yes. want to be held down in the street. I don't understand why no, I'm you not. just won't support If you want to be held down on the street, then hang out with Simone right. over like in Bryant Park. Right. Hang out with her on, on the Upper East Side, all right? If you want to be cool and have alcohol, then like come like down in the lower Manhattan with me or go to Boston with Bree. Right. That's all I'm no, saying. That's it. That's it. And okay. I have to say, like, if you think I have no filter with Twitter, when I start drinking, Oh my God, like it is on. <laughs> I will be saying so much stuff and like spilling so many secrets that are probably bad for my career, but we're going to do it anyway. So it's going to be the uh, Bree's campaign manager is phoning in to me right now and saying uh, that that is not true. Uh, that it's deeply, it's Brianna is very relatable in that right. way, yes. but yes, it is not. Yes. True. Okay, we've got to talk about America's the hero greatest child. Hero. Oh <gasps> my god. Oh my god. This is the best story of the entire week. This has been a bad week in general, but this is a great story. It so has. So many brands have messed up, but you know who didn't mess up is this eight-year-old child from Ohio who stole his parents' car and then drove to McDonald's to get his little sister some food. Yeah, got some nugs and got a cheeseburger. But you know what's even better about this? Tell he me. drove well. <laughs> he because he learned the- from YouTube. It's such a good story. YouTube TV. This, this child, is fantastic. This child is a better driver than I am. Real story. Real story. <laughs> like, 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 honestly, like, hand to God. This child can drive better than I can. Uh, drove to McDonald's with his little sister. The parents fall asleep. Drives, says, you know what? I want some nugs and I want a cheeseburger. Little sis, let's go. He's eight years old. He gets behind the wheel. He drives. He stops at all the stop signs. He's making all the turns correctly. He goes to the drive-thru. The drive-thru, they're like, oh, the parents must be in the back. How cute. Parents weren't in the back. No, they weren't there. Parents were in the back. I love that he tried to go through the drive-thru. Like, not j- yeah. like I feel like if he had taken his like change from his piggy bank, because that's real, if he had taken it that and if he had real. parked and gone in, they would have been like, oh, you, your parents gave you some allowance. That's great. Here's your food. No, he's like, we're no. going. We got the. We got here. We're going all the way through. We're going all the way through. And then, I mean, the, so 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 the staff serves the kids as they should because they're like, oh, the parents are there. It's cool. No, but then like because it's a small town, somebody in the in the neighborhood is like, um, why are you here? And they're like, This doesn't seem right. So they call the grandparents and the grandparents are like Fine. Gotta rescue the grandkid. Got we gotta get up in the middle of the night or whatever whatever time it is. We gotta go to McDonald's and like pick up our grandchildren. What the hell are they doing? They're heroes is what they are. They are the they're genuine they they are the heroes we do not deserve as a nation because this mm-hmm. child is brilliant. Um no, I Okay, but be honest, to drive be on honest Christina, when you were growing up, I mean, I the statute of limitations has run out here. I yeah. sure stole my parents' car when I was eight years old and drove that oh. around. Did you not do that? No, I did not. Oh, you grew up in this. Mississippi? I did. I did. You you did. So I grew up in Atlanta, so it's a little different, <laughs> but also well, no, but it is. It is. It um, is, yeah. Uh, but 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 I when I was 15, my friend Kristen was 16, and it was New Year's Eve, and our parents were out of were were gone because they were friends. And we took out her parents' car. She didn't have her driver's license. Maybe I was 14, she was 15. I don't recall. All I know is she didn't have her driver's license. And we took out our parents' car and we drove to a mini mart 
and had a guy buy us beer. And then we drove back to her parents' house and we drank the beer. Um, but that's as far as I ever went. And like, honestly, like Kristen was almost 16 or she was 16. So yeah, I didn't do that. I wish I had. So my wow. best friend in high school, uh, his grandfather had a sand pit where they're clearing out all the trees and chopping them down to, uh, you know, basically turn into lumber. So, uh, he ended up, um, I learned how to pick locks that summer so we could break into there and then all the kids in my class, we would go out there every single night of the summer and go into this construction pit after all the construction workers had left. And we'd build a big bonfire and then get completely smashed, like just ridiculously drunk. And that is the summer were you? that I was 15 at the time. 15, okay. So and that was the summer I learned how to operate uh, construction equipment like bulldozers no. and, nice. and cross-cut saws no. and all the things because we would get drunk and then we would like, all right, let's figure yeah. out how to drive a crane today. Now, and then- did you ever get any nugs? Did you ever get any nugs <laughs> yes, while operating the equipment? I did. I got crystal, which is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yes, that I is do. how you got, it you got, you- south. You got some little crystals. I did. Now, Simone, in, in Seattle, uh, Washington, did you ever so, uh, take a car out? First of all, I have never done anything wrong in my life. Of course not. Uh, second of all, I actually did not. Like, I was obsessed with driving as a kid. I wanted to learn how to drive forever. But I did not learn to drive until I was in senior year of high school, just because I okay. had been living in France and the laws are different over there. Understood. I'm pretty, I vaguely remember, like my dad letting me drive once in France, and at the time, like it, we had a stick shift car, and he was like shift into third, which is of course, as if, if you drive stick shift, you know that third is the worst gear to shift into what? if you are if you're if you don't know how to drive a stick shift Why? car. First is the hardest. If you're starting in first and going down to second and then doing the little zigzag to third oh, okay. and you don't know how to drive stick shift, okay. it's a okay. Yeah, no, that's hard. No, I'm yeah. a bad driver. I'm still I, – yeah. I, I mean, I'm a – of the three of us, I'm the one that you would not want driving. So I, I defer to Simone. <laughs> yeah. So I, I vividly remember like being asked to shift into third. And I think we were – I, I didn't – I think we were in first at the time. Like, we were just, like, starting up and we were, like, going to go through the motions. And I didn't know. I was like, so what, can I – do I just go straight to third or do I go second to third? Which, if you don't know how to drive a car, like, if you're 14 or 15, you've never driven a car before, I think that's a valid question. I remember, like, my dad, who was, of course, driving the car and, you know, not wanting us to get in a horrible accident, like, kind of snapped at me. And so that's my uh, vivid memory of – Start the the time that I wasn't even driving, but was in the passenger seat trying to shift into third. Um, and I, now I love driving, and I never do it. So. I, I kind of get the days. sense that my childhood may have been the one with the most, uh, like near jail Freedom? misses. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I think yeah. so. Oh, without a doubt, oh, it definitely one hundred percent was. I I, 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 am I an was angel. I was I was well into like college territory before I started doing anything really wrong. Yeah. I mean, like. You know, that New Year's Eve with my friend Kristen, um, that was probably the the closest to it bad. But yeah. Um, but e- and even then, if I'm being totally honest, like Kristen would have been the one who would have gotten in trouble. <laughs> I was just a passenger. Okay, but Where back me up now? on this, Christina. Back me up on yes. this. There is like 
you may not have grown up in Mississippi, but you probably drove through it on your way to Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah. There's very sure. little to do there. Like, just be no, fair. I mean, absolutely. Be fair. If you're Kids not in there- the church... There's no, nothing absolutely. to do, right? <laughs> well, which is, but, but 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 again, I mean, you know, you're 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 uh, you're a little bit older than this eight year old, and so I right. kind of love that in 2017 in Ohio, this kid is just taking it upon himself to be like, I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Everybody's asleep. Yeah, I want I want some. I want a cheeseburger. My little sister wants some nugs. Using his gonna, own I, piggy bank money. To yes, which for I his love. Ah, oh. shows and, initiative. And, and what also is just initiative? He learned on YouTube. Like honestly, like for all the stuff that we like, we like crap on, you know, modern technology and all this stuff. Like he learned on YouTube. That's he amazing. Learned. And 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 by all accounts, I mean even like the police aren't even mad at him. No one is mad at this kid. They're just kind of in awe, like <laughs> as we should be because this is and an amazing story. Keeping their car keys far away from him. Well, yes, but I mean, but I think the fact that like he was making the right turns and stopping at you know stoplights and and and, and red things and left turns. He made a left turn uh, too. and left turns and, and whenever train tracks. Which, wow. which is hard, which is difficult. Like I wouldn't be able to do that. Like this kid is a better driver than me. Like I said, and and I'm a a, a grown person, and he's eight years old. I, I what I'm curious about though is like. How tall is this kid? Because apparently he could reach the pedals. Like that is my freaking question too. How is he seeing and driving? The more yeah. I think about this, the more terrified I get. But totally. before we like devolve into more conspiracy theories about how this kid learned to drive from YouTube and YouTube killed Liko, and this kid uh, <laughs> is a secret spy for YouTube doing spy things. But I, conjecture, pure conjecture. What are you up to this week, Christina Warren? Um, so I'm, I'm I'm working on a number of things, you know, for Gizmodo, um, some bigger projects, some bigger features. Uh, again, if you know anything about Lico, email me, christina.warren at gizmodo.com. You can signal me. You can be completely anonymous. Um, I, I just want to know what's going on. I've been already talking to people, but I would love to know more. Um, but yeah, you can, uh, I'm also working on some, some projects about, you know, reviewing routers and, and, and some, some smartphone stuff. So good stuff coming up. Noise. Brianna, what about you? Uh, let's see. So I'm heading over to Smith College uh, Sorry, tomorrow. Sorry, that would be such a good segment. What about Woo? What about Woo? <laughs> uh, also, Smith College, hell yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going over there uh, giving a keynote. So they're giving me the red carpet treatment over there. And I'll be uh, As they should. meeting with students. Uh, very excited about that. I could talk about my campaign, but I, I want to get real with you guys. Like, I talked to you, uh, like, we recorded Rocket the night I got my uh, Audi TT in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I've been busting my rebuilding this car basically from scratch it's taking <laughs> over my life and all of my spare time so how's it coming it's it's going really well uh i'm about to start redoing all the paint i've like redone all of the electrical system inside of it uh i'm finally gonna have airbags soon like they're reprogramming Good. my airbag Ooh. computer wait, what year what year tt is uh, this it's a 2001 so um, oh that's a great model oh, that's it's a great so looking fun. car it's like a really cute small agile car and like what i hate about american cars is they're so big and wasteful and this is like a tiny four-cylinder engine that's just hyper efficient so 
Um, one of the better designs too. Like really that, that model series was really, I think, one of the better TT it, designs. So I'm cute. not a car person, but I know about this particular yeah, car. So yeah, good, yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, I, I've always fallen in love with it, but uh, I finally get that back um, from the the dealer where they're doing some electrical work. Of like, <laughs> so I put out. I, I made this big mistake, and I'm like, I talked about this on Twitter. I'm like. Hey, do I just like hack this airbag computer myself <laughs> to make it think that it's no. using my VIN number? Or do I like take it to a dealership and pay them a thousand dollars? Yeah, I realized at that moment I'd made a mistake because if I didn't yeah. take it to the dealer and anything mm-hmm. happened, like I'd end up in court. So, oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and then it'd be Democratic, you know, uh, right, uh, right, you right, know right. representative for, you know, candidate for Congress, right. Right. all scandalous. Uh, I would have you personally arrested you, unfortunately. Right. right is right. the case there. Of like I do with everyone who yes. commits crimes in my yes. presence. Yes. So uh, I get that car back excited. Wow. <laughs> that is what are you doing this week, work. Uh, so as you know, my mom was here last weekend, so we Yay! had a good time, and I uh, got some new material for my Casper ad reads. So <gasps> stay tuned. Um, <laughs> did she like the? Did she like no the spoilers? I will say nothing. Okay, no spoilers. Okay, nothing. Fine, fair. Um, so I'm working on a lot of videos. Uh, we've I, I'm working on something very exciting that involves The Sims that will <gasps> happen at a future date. Uh, yeah, I'm very enthused. Sims and 4, I assume. The Sim- of course. All all of every course. single expansion pack for The Sims 4, actually. Oh god. And all of the Polygon video team is flying into town next week for PolyVidCon. So I will be camping rocket next week. We'll have a fantastic, fabulous guest. I will be an amazing uh, guest. Experiencing an amazing teamwork guest. and innovation. Frankly, better than me. <laughs> hmm. like, I don't, like, know, don't know Christina. About that. Christina Definitely no. not better yeah. than me, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. but <laughs> Maybe better than, yeah. I won't name names. <laughs> better than Christina for sure. We we will miss Simone. Um, it, it, we, you will all wish that I was the one who was skipping instead. Anyway, oh, kind of depends on. Hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> you can find me online at twitter.com or on Twitter at doomquasar and at YouTube.com/slash Polygon. Where can we find you, Christina? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Snapchats, the Instagrams. Uh, you can find my writing at gizmodo.com. And again, if you want to email me, if you know anything going on with Lico, uh, christina.warren <laughs> at gizmodo.com. I've said that like five times, but I'm like really you like really seriously. Like, you get the point home. I have to say. I really do. Like, I want to get people to talk, <laughs> talk to me a bit. I was looking for that picture of your nuggets tonight to make fun of you yeah. about. And I typed Chris Film Girl into into Google, and like you're on everything, Christina. Like it's like I am. Facebook, Instagram, you know, Snapchat, like everything. I got it all. It's like. Uh- it's called brand building, oh Brianna. And I worked at a company called Mashable, which was sort of known for that. It's called brand okay, building. Well, you you succeeded. You succeeded. Thank you. Yes. Lesson learned. You can find Christina Warren everywhere. Um. So yeah, that's our show for this week. Three. Wait, yeah, no, no, no. Three. three. <laughs> Who? Well, you're about to find me eating pizza uh, in my house. The last underneath night I'm here an for Audi a while. TT. Underneath eating that, pizza uh, and messing with things that it. she shouldn't. Yes, that's correct. That's all accurate. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Good. Okay. Um, ah, so I just remembered that I'm getting my legs waxed tomorrow and I'm so excited. That's TMI for this podcast. (laughs) No, that's great. Where are you getting them done? I don't know. 
I'm not going to talk about where I'm getting my legs waxed on the, our podcast. Okay, fine. Well, then text me because I'm lo- always looking okay. for a good waxer. I'll so, let you like, know how it goes. I do get a referral you. discount. So if you want to. it's well, been then a, you should like let me know how it is because I. Yeah, it's been whatever. a while, y'all. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been cold. Like, yes, it has been cold. Nobody sees these legs but me. <laughs> but no. I, uh, I wore shorts for the first time this week. Yeah, it's freaking 70 degrees here. It's amazing. It's yeah. beautiful. Everyone I should had, come to I, New York. I had to shave for sure. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. If I was, did that was... right now, my drain, the drain of everyone in my building, all the drains of New York City would be clogged with my my <laughs> hair. <laughs> so I'm getting waxed. Uh, I got no. So if you like this show, please. That's the show. show. (laughs) Brianna Wu was like, I can't hear about the leg waxing. She's like, she's like, I have other stuff to do. I'm running for office. I can't be associated. (laughs) I'm dying. Leave five stars on iTunes. This episode is terminated. Terminated. It's terminated.